Hi, welcome to The Kicker. I'm Kyle Pope, editor and publisher of the Columbia Journalism Review. This week, covering extreme weather. This past weekend, New York City and a lot of the rest of the country saw this brutal heat wave. The heat index in New York was up around 110 degrees, which was miserable. And one of the interesting outgrowths of that is that there was power outages all over the city. And it brought a lot of new attention to Con Ed, which is the local utility here, about why they can't stay on top of this. Once again, I spoke to the Con Ed president last night. I spoke to him this morning. No answers whatsoever as to why this happened uh, and what is being done to ensure it will not happen again. And raised questions about What's going to happen as we move into a future where you got to assume there's going to be a lot more of this extreme weather and what's going to be the effect on the power grid of that and how is it going to respond? And it did seem to us at CGR as we started looking at this that there weren't a lot of journalists who knew a lot about this and who paid a lot of attention to it. So our marching orders were let's go out and find some people who do. And we're very happy to have Marie French and Daniel Muyo. They're both from uh, Politico. They do it at five day a week newsletter called New York Energy, in which they look at energy and policy and environmental stories. Marie reports from Albany. Danielle reports from Manhattan. And and they just sort of look at various policy issues as it relates to public utilities and energy policy. And first, welcome. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. Yeah, happy to be here. Let me, let's get a sense of the landscape of the reporting firepower that exists in New York City focused especially on covering these utilities. You both do it. How many other journalists are there out there who have this at least a part of their sort of main brief? There are plenty of folks who cover, you know, if there's an outage, I mean, you're going you're right. to see coverage of right. that in pretty much every outlet. Right. In terms of journalists and reporters who focus more intently on local energy and environmental issues. There are definitely a few various outlets and, and local reporters who do some really great work at the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. You also see a lot of good um, energy policy coverage and, and environmental stories out of outlets like City and State. Or I don't know, Danielle, does anybody in particular come to mind for you? I definitely read a lot of Mark Harrington's work at, at Newsday. He really covers the environmental and energy beat well on Long Island. But yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's covered. I think that, you know, the pot gets smaller in terms of the people who cover it every single day. Uh, but they're definitely out and just a really dedicated crew to, to do this kind of work where it's so, you know, technical. Yeah, I mean, it does seem complicated. Um, I don't know why that is. I mean, it's it, what they do is straightforward. They make sure that I have power in my house. But uh, I know the regulatory part of it is really complicated. But I'm I'm really interested in this sort of like the physical plant part of it and the nature of that in New York City. This wasn't a world-ending heat wave we had over the weekend. It was hot, but it was, what, a couple of days, three days? Mm-hmm. And they actually cut off power to, to prevent wider problems. And then in another case, people lost their power. But what is your sense of the state of the physical plant of the electric system in New York City? What the power outage drew attention to is there's definitely a lot more work to be done to prepare for our climate future, right, of extreme heat and more extreme storms. That being said, this was the first outage of its kind since 2006 when there was a blackout in Long Island City. So, 
you know, I mean, it is it is an interesting scenario, right, in that we, we notice more when things fail than the bulk of the time when things are running smoothly, which is, I mean, how it should be. But I think what it drew attention to was that, you know, in these scenarios that are going to become increasingly more common with climate change, that's where we have to worry about whether the grid is resilient enough in those, in those situations. And what is the conventional wisdom about how equipped the grid is? You got to think that the state and Con Ed are really focused on this issue of reliability and resiliency. You see Con Ed making investments. They're proposing even more investments. They have, you know, a study of climate change and how it's going to impact their system and what investments they might need to, to make. So this is not something the utilities or the state policymakers are, you know, ignoring, obviously, you know, with Sandy. They did make a mark a new record for the amount of electricity being used, which was kind of interesting. Did that have to do with more just the growth and the size of the city or what? I think it might it might have to do with that. It's also, I mean, it, Danielle, you spoke with, with a Con Ed official who indicated that they thought folks were returning from weekend getaways on mm. Sunday evening and turned mm. on all their, cranked up all the AC, right. um, which might have contributed sort of to that sudden spike in, in demand. What's the relationship between elected officials and Con Ed? I, I asked because I noticed over the weekend when there are these outages, you had these sort of tweets of outrage mm. from the mayor and the governor saying, this is outrageous, this shouldn't happen, we're going to look into it. Uh, they can be fined, they can have a monitor imposed, uh, or we can replace Con Ed. You know, they don't have a God-given right to be the franchise in New York City. It reminds me so much of what happens when there's downtime on the subway, which is, you know, frankly, those two guys get on social media and say, there's all these people stranded on the subway and we just can't have that. And then they point fingers at each other as to who's to blame for this. What is the oversight relationship between, say, the the, the governor and Con Ed? We, we actually wrote an article about um, this today on kind of a classic relationship. The, the lights go out and officials show their rage. There, there was kind of an interesting case study on this in, in 2006, that outage we spoke to before in, in Long Island City, then Mayor Mike Bloomberg actually defended uh, the utility. And, you know, this is it's kind of a similar situation, right? It's the summer, it's hot, people are, are angry, and it, it didn't, that tactic didn't really go over too well. You, you had a Queens elected officials were, were pretty down on Con Ed, and, and I think we're looking for you know, the, their main elected official, the mayor, to, to sort of tap into that anger. So it is a kind of a common thing. I think, like you mentioned, we see it with the MTA. We also see it when, you know, the roads don't get paved right away when it snows by the sanitation department. That being said, in terms of the who actually is in charge, um, it's really the state that has the authority here. The, the city's pretty limited in what it can do. So is that just really de Blasio dinging Cuomo? Well, I think it's more him actually really going after uh, Con Ed. The way he said it at his press conference was that he didn't have trust for the utility anymore. So I'm calling for a full investigation and further that we examine whether we need a new entity to handle this situation going forward, because at this point I do not have faith in Con Edison. So he really casting his blame there on the utility not being really um, forthcoming with the details of what happened and wondering why when everyone knew there was going to be this heat wave 
this still came about. That being said, when he, you know, calls for change, he is limited in what he can do. And and I think that's an interesting dynamic that it affects New York City customers, but the mayor's hands are somewhat tied here as to how they can remedy that situation for his own constituents. So that but that's a really interesting to me kind of journalistic point. So you have, you know, have you have this failure, you have Con Ed's explanation of what happened, which has to do with the grid and lines and overheating and stuff. And then you have the mayor and also the governor sort of saying that's that response is inadequate and it, it doesn't really resolve the bigger issue. So where does that leave you as a reporter? How do you get past that standoff? There's obviously anger and you can empathize with why there would be anger when you're left without AC and right. 100 degrees. But just trying to see what actually happened. Um, I think there was a lot of questions as to why would you deliberately cut off power. So it was important for us to, to get to that answer first. And, 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 and it must be said that a lot of the, the commentary was the fact that they cut off power in a community that was primarily people of color, right? Yeah, I mean, that definitely was, is there a way it could have been avoided or could it have been cut off elsewhere or, you know, I, and I think that goes back to what we were talking about before, right, where it's kind of a technically difficult problem and a lot of it comes down to really needing to understand how the grid works and why a utility would respond in a specific way. But do you um, do you feel like Con Ed is transparent enough with you when you cover them? That I mean, do you really feel like you have a satisfactory and full explanation for what happened? They did give us an explanation. I think where it'll be interesting to see is the PSC is or the state agency that you know, regulates them, will be conducting an investigation. So that's really what we'd want to look out for, right, is how Mm. did their explanation, how does that compare to then what the experts that are tasked with investigating them found? So with the blackout, and and I'm sure Marie could speak to this because she raised a good point, you know, Con Ed was kind of admonished for how they had handled that situation in the ensuing investigation. And I think that can kind of speak to the difficulty here, right, where they may have an explanation. You also have to wait, though, for how that explanation is interpreted by the people tasked with regulating them. Right. There was an investigation back in 2006, 2007 timeframe after the Long Island City blackout. They have access to more information than we could ever get access to, right? They have the tapes from the control room. Mm-hmm. You know, they get to interview all the operators and managers who were in the room. We break down minute by minute sort of what happened and what, why Con Ed made the decision it made and whether that complies with their protocols and emergency operations plans. We won't really know if the public explanation is completely following all the facts until we sort of see that. So if you if you were running a newsroom in New York City or in any other big city, do you think there's enough there to justify, is this a beat, like uh, the ability of the infrastructure to deal with climate is there enough there in, in most cities to write about? Or do you still think we're early in that? Or if you were, you know, if you're organizing a newsroom, how would you think about doing this better? Yeah, that's yeah. a really broad topic area. You yeah. could bring in everything from energy to environmental issues to agriculture issues to public health. That would be a really rich beat. It would be an interesting way to organizing it. I don't know 
you know, that a lot of newsrooms think about organizing beats that way versus the more traditional, you know, the business desk covers X, Y, Z. Finally, what is Con Ed like to deal with from a media standpoint? I mean, are they are they proactive? Are they defensive? Are they helpful? I know you deal with them every day, so, you know, it's complicated, but how do you characterize it? I feel that they are very responsive. So, you know, when when this occurred, we were able to get in touch with them very quickly and, and get them on the phone on a day where it's not just the traditional energy beat reporters reaching out to them. Yeah. In terms of, you know, transparency, yeah, they do their best to explain their thought process and the steps they took. And, you know, it's just with energy, because it's such a technically difficult topic, we, we do rely somewhat on, kind of, you know, these investigatory bodies and and experts to help us. It's like trust but verify, right? So that's kind of what a lot of the job is. All right. Well, this is really helpful. Thank you both, Marie French and Danielle Muyo, for coming on. They Again, they write the New York Energy newsletter for Politico. You can read an interview with them on CJR.org out now. And keep an eye on what we're doing. You'll be soon hearing more about our Covering Climate Now initiative, which is an effort to bring a lot of the U.S. media together on raising the level of climate coverage across the country and around the world. So keep an eye out on that. Meantime, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 